Hi, this is Renee Christensen, author of Training Them Wisely, Discipling Kids. My new book is out on Amazon, and welcome to Training Them Wisely. I'm so excited about today's guests. We are going to be talking to Matt and Allison Willis, who have written Master Lie Together, a new discipleship book, and I'm super excited to talk to them about discipleship. Matt is the Associate Pastor of Missions and Evangelism at Calvary Baptist Church in Winston-Salem. His grandfather, Avery Willis, wrote Master Life, and then he and his wife have rewritten a more modern version and um, I can't wait to hear their heart about discipleship. Thank you so much, Matt and Allison, for joining me today. I'm very excited to talk to you guys. So first, um, I just want you to tell me a little bit about your family. Yeah, so um, Matt and I have been married for 19 years and we have three kids. We have Ethan is in sixth grade going into seventh. Um, Jenna is going into eighth grade and our oldest son, Josh, is going into 10th grade. So yeah, we um, we are very busy with two teenagers and another almost teenager in the house. Um, so yeah, and we've been here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina for about seven years now. Awesome. Awesome. And tell me about your grandfather. Yeah. So Avery Willis, uh, was really a, a hero of the faith to many people, including myself. So he was my, uh, I was his oldest grandson and, he passed away um, in 2010, um, so that meant I had, I think, about 27 years of life, you know, together with him. Um, yeah, so many of the things that he and his wife, Shirley, my grandma, did um, heavily influenced us for good. Um, they were missionaries with what is now called the International Mission Board, the IMB, uh, for 15 years in Indonesia, so my dad grew up as a missionary kid in Indonesia. Okay. And then they moved back to the United States and started working with what is now called Lifeway and mm-hmm. uh, wrote several books with them, including some discipleship material. The one that he was most well known for was called Master Life. So discipleship is something that I am incredibly passionate about. And what you just described really sounds kind of like a discipling relationship where he invested in you and you were able to watch him live out his life in a way that made him into a good type of hero for you, where he was serving God and you were were seeing that in him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's um, neat to see it on the individual personalized scale, but also to mm-hmm. see it on a massive scale. So when they were in Indonesia, over a short period of time, 2 million people came to faith in Christ. And that was really why he wrote Master Life while living in Indonesia was this is great. This is every missionary's dream, but how do you disciple 2 million people? Yes. And so that was really where the material came from. It wasn't out of an ivory tower thinking of, hey, what can I write a book about? It was, hey, this is the need of the hour. And so many people have benefited from it that hundreds of thousands of people have gone through. It's been translated in dozens of languages. And so uh, it's been neat, you know, to make disciples using his material. But you're right. He was so individually caring as well. So he took me, for example, to Cuba when I was a senior in high school, um, and he was training pastors and church planters in Master Life. And so I got to see that just even as a high school student. And we ended up writing a book together called Learning to Soar, How to Grow Through Transitions and Trials that NAV Press published uh, in 2009. So yeah, a lot of great shared experiences with him. I love that. So he looked at where God was working and figured out a way to just 
to continue that growth rather than there just being the salvation. Because um, when we do have people that are saved, it's so important to be able to continue in that growth and maturity. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so you and your wife have updated Master Life. And what needs did you see? What made y'all feel the need to, to write this? Well, um, I want Allison to speak to this here in a second. I'll, I'll set it up by saying that um, I'm the serving as the missions and evangelism pastor at Calvary Baptist in Winston-Salem. And a few years into the role, um, I felt like I need to be doing more to make disciples intentionally in small group yes. contexts. And so I decided to use my granddad's master life material and took 10 people through it over a six month period. And Allison at the time was leading a women's group and master life requires a lot of work in it of the people being discipled. And Allison told me, I'm so surprised that people in your group are so committed, even though there more is required of them. And I would love when this group's over for us to co-lead one. And so then after that, we got to co-lead a group of 10 or so other people. Um, and then kind of independently, um, we both felt like uh, the Lord has put on our heart to write a simplified update of Master Life. Yeah, we want something, um, a curriculum that is reproducible and and that people in today's world would be able to take other people through. Um, and and the original master life was just um, it was very intense. There was there was just it was a very long process. And um, the people in the group that Matt and I were leading, you know, when we came to the end of the material and said, you know, who who would be interested in leading this with some more people, discipling more people, um, nobody raised their hand. And after talking with them, we realized that it just felt like too lengthy, too cumbersome. And um, so we wanted something that was written to the current generation, um, understanding the the attention span um, is different now. It yeah. is very different than it used to be, and so um, yeah, we we really felt like God had given us this this opportunity, and that we were supposed to pitch it to Lifeway, and we did, and we are very thankful that they gave us the go ahead to to start writing. So yeah. So kind of to reach the younger generations. I'm here at middle school camp this week, and there there are there are changes in generations. It's really interesting to see the differences. And with the, um, I think just with social media, with instant access, and just like you said, the attention spans have gone down <laughs> from all of that. So to have something that's current for people to be able to use, it's not overwhelming because you want it to be used. You know, right. you want it to be able to be used, something that that is usable in today's generations. Yeah. So here's a neat thing. Uh, Lifeway published Master Life Together, a discipleship experience for small groups in October of 2022. And four of the people who were in that group who were saying, I just don't know people who are willing to invest that much time and energy to grow as disciples. I'm going to just try to do my own thing to make disciples some other way. Four of those people have been leading people through the master life together material so that's been really cool so how long does it take to get through the new material well three to four months okay so there's an option for people uh to have a few extra sessions that we recommend that are really experiential that don't have much content for mm -hmm. that week 
the foundation is 12 weeks of content. Uh, so for an existing home group or Sunday school class, uh, they could go through the 12 weeks of content together, memorizing scripture, having daily quiet times, uh, and they could just finish at 12 weeks if they wanted. But we would recommend taking another four weeks or so um, going through an extended time in one-on-one prayer with God. Yes. Practice sharing the gospel, go out and share the gospel together, things like that. And really in churches nowadays, having helped with a lot of planning, that is kind of how you, I mean, 12 weeks, really, that's what people have a lot of times is that 12 week time period to do different things. And so that actually really does make sense with today's society, because a lot of the discipleship groups that I've done have been for a year, which is a long-term commitment. Um, But this, I think, would be more readily available to people, I mean, really to everyone, because a lot of people can commit 12 weeks to 16 weeks. That's that's a short-term commitment. You can look at that and, and actually get through that amount of time and still learn a lot because I know your heart. I know that you really want them to truly learn and to have true relationships. So that's awesome. Okay. So now I've written a book by myself. All of my books have been written by myself, (laughs) my most recent one, Training Them Wisely, Discipling Kids. So I am very curious about what it was like writing with your spouse. (laughs) Was that, I think it's great because you would have two perspectives. I I really, and let me just preface this by saying, and this is because I'm a woman, I am thrilled (laughs) that you wrote with your wife because when it comes to discipleship, this is just, I think sometimes we can be really missing a woman's input. And I actually think it's incredibly important because men and women, we are created differently. And so I'm thrilled that you included her in it. Mm -hmm. Just women have different challenges in our lives. We have different ways that we think, we communicate differently. But not only that, we've got kids that we, we just don't, I don't know. It's like my husband, he can have, most men, they can have that one train track on their mind. They can just sit down and do things. Whereas they can, my kids can be sitting next to my husband on the couch. I'm on the other side of the house. They'll get up from beside my husband to come to the other side of the house to ask me a question. You know, so we have more interruptions. We have, um, it's just a different role that we have. And so I, I'm, I don't know, personally, I'm thrilled that she wrote it because I think it will appeal to more people to be able to have a woman's input. And I think it's very valuable to have that because God, created Adam and then he also created Eve, you know, and I think it's, I think it's wonderful. So anyway, how was it writing together? Yeah, I'm extremely grateful that God has blessed me with such a wonderful wife and for us to do ministry together and co-authoring together. We're big proponents of biblical counseling. So um, I'm going to make a joke, but it's not against counseling. But I told our pastor, I said, it's a miracle we didn't need counseling while doing this project together. Somehow we made it through. Yeah, we did have, you know, some disagreements here and there um, for sure. And, um, you know, lots of additional conversations needed to iron things out. But um, one thing that we did that was helpful was just bring in a few other people into the conversation. So where there was a disagreement, we had a pilot group of, of, you know, four people, um, men and women who could kind of, you know, we could throw things out to and they could give feedback and say, 
yeah, I think this way or that way, you know, where it didn't feel um, like an attack or anything like that, you know, we felt like we could get the honest feedback from people where we weren't sure um, that we were agreeing. So it was, it was really helpful. So, yeah. Yeah. Even though I wrote by myself, I did the same thing. I love being able to get feedback from other people. I made sure to to send my book to lots of people. And it was so helpful because I have such a large family and one of the women that read it, she has one child. And so she was able to adjust some of the wording, help me to think about that, to adjust some of the wording so that it was including families of all sizes better. And so, yeah, just that. Yeah, that's awesome. And so personally to you, what has Master Life meant to you? Why was it so special to you? What is, how has it impacted you? Well, I think for me, um, it, it's kind of a dream come true, really, um, to be able to write. I've always loved writing. And um, even as a little girl, just really felt um, kind of a calling towards um, holistic discipleship. And so um, just being able to follow in, in granddad's footsteps and to be able to continue this legacy that he had of discipling people, you know, that's... Um, that's what's on my heart more than anything else is, yeah. is just, you know, for the glory of God, that people would be all his, that would people would be yes. all surrounded. And so um, just the opportunity to kind of um, use the giftings that, that God has given me and just even this calling just from back in childhood and to actually accomplish this um, has been really cool, but probably, you know, the thing that has been most meaningful is just the intimacy with the Lord that it's created um, for me, even, you know, just um, when I was writing, it was like, it was just one-on-one time with God, you know, the whole time I was just, you know, on my knees and really asking God to write through me because I didn't have the words to say, I didn't have the wisdom to say anything. Um, But that intimacy with God and just watching him show up every single day, day in, day out. And um, speak to me about what to write, um, you know, and, and just even just applying, um, the content to my own personal life, you know, having conversations with God is one of the hallmarks of, um, this curriculum where we are, um, helping people to approach quiet time as a conversation with God. So, um, you're literally writing out what is God saying to you from the passage, each day. And then you're writing out, um, you know, what you're saying in response back to God. And so, um, you know, of course, in writing the curriculum, we tested that, you know, I'm going through all these passages and just hearing from God and um, just learning so much and just feeling, you know, so much more intimate with him as my father, as I went through the process of writing. So that's been really dear. I love that. And I think too, whenever you have that relationship that's growing with God and your kids are watching you do that, that that really, I mean, that's a form of discipleship too, because you're having that relationship and you're watching them, they're watching you and imitating you because they're going to imitate you regardless. And you're giving them something to imitate that you want them to imitate as a parent and as a mom. Yeah. For me, you know, the important thing that really drives us a lot and what we feel like the Lord has revealed to us, we've had a family mission statement for years. We have a vision statement as well, but our mission statement says to grow as disciples and make disciples of Jesus Christ of the least reached people. So Master Life, either my granddad's material or Master Life together that we've written, uh, you know, really falls in that vein of 
the Great Commission, making disciples of all nations. Uh, you'll appreciate this as a writer. My granddad said this to me um, many years ago. He said, the only direct ministry you're going to have after you die is what's been recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that could be something that's written or video or whatever. And it was neat to be going through Master Life with a group after he had passed away reading things that he had written that I had never heard him say in my time with him. And it's like, wow, he's still discipling me from heaven. You know, it was really neat to do. And so that legacy that we can leave behind with our writing and to see it already being translated into other languages, it's going to come out in Spanish uh, in October as Cristo en nosotros, uh, Christ in us is what the title is for that. We found out this week it's going to be translated into Mandarin Chinese. It's already been translated into Hindi and some other languages are in process. And that's just thrilling to us. That's how we're getting to make disciples of all nations uh, in part through Master Life together. That is awesome. Okay, so also what has Master Life, how have you seen it impact other people around you? Because that brings me so much joy personally to be able to see the impact of things around you and to see people that are going through, I don't like whenever you write the material and then you watch somebody that's actually applying it to their lives and then helping others apply it to their lives. And yeah, it's exciting to watch. Yeah. One of the um, couples that had been going through it, um, you know, they, they came back after like the, the second week and said, you know, I've never, never had a consistent quiet time because I've never wanted to, I've never really wanted to be in the word and, um, using this, this method of the conversations with God just has brought the word to life and has made it feel like I'm sitting down having a conversation with the God who created me. And so, you know, they just said, this is like, a revelation, you know, something um, so simple yet has really transformed um, their times in the word and led to them starting to to do it every day, you know, so so that's been great. We've heard a lot of people um, who've been through it just tell us how, how transformational it has been for them to kind of, you know, do a 360 um, look at their life and just see, you know, what areas of my life are not surrendered to Jesus and And what would it look like for me to give those over to him? Mm -hmm. A couple of things that I've also really enjoyed from the Master Life Together is seeing our disciples make disciples. Yes. Uh, So that's been great. And to see them more engaged in ministry. One of the things Mm -hmm. we say in Master Life Together that a mentor of mine told me years ago was um, every Christian is called to full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. It's like you're in vocational ministry, but every Christian is in full-time ministry. Yes. Um, but our group that we started in the fall with the launch of the material, um, we spend a week on God's mission and evaluating how could how could God maybe leverage my job if they're working more for ministry? Or is it possible that God's calling you to leave your job to leverage your life more for ministry? And we had a lady in that group that was wrestling with that, and she ended up leaving her position as the alumni director for Wake Forest University to become the International Mission Board's alumni engagement director. And that was really cool to like walk yeah. with her through that process. And then the group that we have going on right now, it's almost finished. 
uh, there's a guy in the group who has had a real rough past that Christ has saved him from. And he uh, was working UPS uh, overnight shift when the group started. And in the middle of the group, you know, several weeks into it, he asked the group, hey, would you pray for me? I feel like God's calling me to go into vocational ministry. And he ended up applying for the local outreach director of the Winston-Salem Rescue Mission and got hired and has already started it. And then I was ministering side by side with him just a couple of days ago at the rescue mission for the food distribution for people who are coming in off the street. And he and I are going to co-lead uh, master life group with guys at the rescue mission here later this summer. So that's really exciting. I love to build discipling relationships and to be able to watch the change that happens in people's lives, especially whenever I see people. So I'll disciple anybody, no matter how long they've been a Christian, but those people that have never really been in God's word every day. And then all of a sudden they're actually reading it and not just a verse a day, but reading a book in the Bible, reading a passage in the Bible and the change that happens in their life as they are actually spending time growing that relationship and how important it is. And I think being in God's word, especially right now when there's so many lies that are surrounding us in society, we've been talking about this to the middle schoolers all week and the change that they've had in their lives just this week, because they're choosing every day they have to have their quiet, get to have their quiet time. But the difference in their life is they're sitting there reading through God's word. When we read God's word, it changes us. And I love how you said that they're having that conversation with God, because one of the things that I've seen, I, I speak to large groups and to small groups. When I'm speaking to small groups about prayer and I ask them, almost everyone says that they can maybe speak to God for about three minutes is what they feel like they can do. So being able to to talk to other people and to have those relationships with each other where you're able to have um, this discipling, those the relationships that I have from discipling people, they're just much deeper because they're all centered on Christ. And whenever we are, we're more united. And it's just, a, yeah, yeah. So that's wonderful. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, sorry. Do you mind if I, I mentioned there's a tool that we use on the point of God's word? Like, I think a lot of Christians would say the Bible is authoritative for me, but they don't know how to get a good grasp on it. And one of the things that my granddad had in Master Life that we've used and tweaked in Master Life together is a picture of a hand grasping uh-huh. God's word and to point to each of the fingers and the thumb as to a different way to be incorporating God's word into your life and having. Uh, even obedience being in the palm of the hand as well. So hearing God's word, reading, studying, memorizing, meditating are the fingers and thumbs. So that's been helpful. And we try to incorporate all of those with this discipleship. And then obedience in the center, because as you're doing it to apply that to your life and to actually be changed by it. Yeah. I love James one, yeah. James one twenty two says, do yes. not merely listen to the word mm-hmm. and so deceive yourselves. Yeah. Do what it says. But doers of the word. You've got to be doers of the word. So say a little slower, your five fingers again. Sure. Hear, read, study, memorize, and meditate. One of the things that people know Master Life for is scripture memory, because you have to memorize one or two verses every single week. And when you come together for your group time, it's accountability time. Okay, let's pair up. And how'd you do? How'd you do on the previous weeks? You know, we're not just trying to memorize a phrase for this week. We're trying to actually get into the habit and we give them some practical tools of how can you memorize scripture and keep it in your heart for the rest of your life? 
Yes. So today, <laughs> so much of what you're saying or learning about, we talked about the importance of memorizing scripture. We're going through the full armor of God, the sword of the spirit, and how having that scripture in your heart. And whenever you have it in your heart, no one can take it away from you. Um, yeah. And it it makes you meditate. It's when you memorize scripture, you know, it's reading it, studying it, hearing it, all of those things, but memorizing it is really all of them, right? Because you're well, I say it out loud to memorize. So I'm hearing it, reading it, studying it, but it really takes a hold of you. And the Holy Spirit can use those scriptures and recall them when you need to in those different situations throughout your life. One of the most influential people in my life was my fourth grade Sunday school teacher. And she had us memorize Psalm 139. And every week we came in and we said our next verse to her. And she really explained it to us. And it helped me see that I was beautifully and wonderfully made and that my identity was in Christ. And it, anyway, just having those scriptures in my heart with her to help pour into me was really impactful for me. So one of the things that y'all talk about is following Jesus with your whole being. So why is that important that we follow him with our whole being? Well, um, you know, there's not really compartments inside of us. And so um, we are, we are all his, he, he is all ours. Um, We have him um, by his spirit. We have him living in us and we have all of him. Um, He gave all of himself for us on the cross. And so um, we cannot withhold part of ourselves from him um, and still be his disciple. We have to be willing to give over um, every, every part of us. And so we, we talk, um, about, you know, your body and your soul and your spirit and how, um, how to yield each one of those things to the Lord and, um, kind of what that process looks like. We talk about your soul, um, being your mind, your will, and your emotions. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, your thoughts, your desires, um, your feelings, um, giving all of those to the Lord. We, um, so we kind of walk through those one week at a time. Um, and we, we walk through your body, how to, how to follow Jesus with your body, with your, um, physical body, with your physical health, with what you're, how you're moving and what you're eating and with your sexuality and with, um, your gender and, you know, really try to be very thorough and comprehensive about that. And then, um, your spirit, you know, and, and the Holy spirit, your connection to God, um, who is he and what does he do in your life? And, um, you know, really trying to wrestle with, um, what does it really look like to be intimate with Jesus in every one of these areas of life? I love that. And yeah, that sounded really, um, when you mentioned the gender and sexuality and all of that, that's something that needs to be, uh, that is a topic right now that keeps coming up, especially with youth. And it's more and more whenever I wrote my book, I wrote some of the statistics about that and how, I mean, it's, it's shocking the amount it's multiplying as people are coming out. And so it is a topic that really needs to be addressed in the church. And that we need to know how to address and to think about. And so, yeah, that's that right there is, is great that y'all are including those types of yeah, things as well. Yeah, that's something we've emphasized more than the original Master Life mm-hmm. material be addressed because that was written in 1980. You know, a lot has changed since it 1980. Has. And so, um, you know, one of the other things that I would answer that question too, 
yes, it's leaving no stone unturned in your life. Um, but you have to do that together with other yes. people. That's why yes. Christ-centered community yes. is so important. We spend a whole week on it in this material to say, and that's why it's called Mash Life Together. Together. Experience for small groups, because you cannot do it alone. Mm-hmm. And we all have blind spots and other Christians can lovingly help us out and hold us yes. accountable for where we're off. And so, um, but it in, involves like, activity, not just knowledge. Because I think so much of what's called discipleship in America today is knowledge-based. And that's not the full extent of discipleship. It has to involve obedience. And that ultimately has to find its root in love. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And most Christians, even in Sunday school classes or Bible fellowship classes or whatever your church calls them, uh, they don't hold each other accountable to do anything since how do you apply what you learned from last Sunday? Mm-hmm. So the tagline for my book is authentic, loving discipleship matters and the importance of biblical love and action. Biblical love and action does follow up. It is accountable yeah. and it's done in a way that is loving and pointing people to Jesus, not in an intimidating way, not in putting you down, but when we actually are loving people and from a pure heart and pure motive, we want to encourage everybody together to grow towards him. It's just, it's a different form of, um, of accountability where there's not shame involved. Instead, there's love involved and wanting to restore relationships and to, to be doing everything that we can because we love God so much to obey him and discipleship, I think can help you because you're, when you're actually starting to be in God's word and with other believers, you start to recognize things in your life and have somebody that you can walk through with that is so incredibly helpful because we were not made to be alone. We're made for fellowship. And it's much more important than people realize, I feel like, especially after COVID, I think that there was a separation with people, but actually being in communities. And that's why I love that yours is in a group. I think that that is a, is a huge part because you can learn on your own. There's a very big difference and there's a place for it. I love my daily quiet time with God. There's also definitely a place where you need that fellowship, that accountability, and that discipleship together. And it is what God called us to do. Yeah. And you you see how, you know, Jesus did that. I mean, he discipled the 12 disciples in a small group. And so that's kind of the size, you know, about that we recommend for um, small groups is, you know, about 12 people or so, because you want to give people, um, you know, the space to, to actually open up and share. And if there's so many people in a group, um, that more personal dialogue and intimate sharing is just not going to happen. And, um, you know, you had asked how has, how has, you know, going through this impacted people around you. And I think that's one of the coolest things is we've now taken two groups through the new material and just to have a group of perfect strangers, um, you know, 12 perfect strangers um, coming together. And by the end of the, you know, four month experience, we're like family. Yes. Uh, it, it's really something that only the Holy Spirit can do. And yes. he has been so faithful to do that. I mean, we've shed tears with these people. We yes. you know, loved on these people. We brought meals to these people. We've, you know, had prayer ongoing, you know, throughout the week um, with these people. And um, I think that that is one of the most transformational pieces of this is, is you're, you're doing it with Jesus and others, you know, and, and that combination is just really, really powerful. 
Yeah, you're able to serve others and be the hands and feet of Jesus and actually apply what you're learning in relationships with others because, and there is so much need out there that you don't see until you open up. You yeah. know, because I feel like in the church, sometimes I know oftentimes we try to hide it, but then whenever you actually, and I love how God puts people together and all of a sudden it's like, your dad's an alcoholic. My dad's an alcoholic and this, oh my goodness, I haven't told it, you know, and then God yeah. puts them together and they have that shared relationship that they're able to, to help each other with and to, yeah. And I love how God works like that because everybody's broken and we need, you know, we're all sinners and just to be able to have those, um, yeah, those relationships makes an incredible difference in our lives. Truly does. Especially whenever it's not just a relationship for fun, whenever it's a purposeful relationship to learn more about Jesus and to love him more, to act like him more. It's, it's just completely different. It's so much more meaningful and purposeful. So, um, the other thing I'll say is to live in the word. And this is something that I'm actually incredibly passionate about. So I'm very excited about talking to you about this. Pretty much the first half of my book <laughs> is about the importance of being in God's word, because it's something that's missing. It's something that is needed. So uh, what, why do, why do y'all think it's important to live in the word? Well, because it's the only inspired, you know, word of God, you know, throughout eternity, uh, throughout the world is the Bible. and. Um, unfortunately, most Christians have never gone through the entire Bible. I know yeah, that yeah. Uh, when I was younger, the biggest jump I had in my walk with God was when I read through the entire Bible for the first time. And it was like, how come they haven't mentioned all these stories in church? You know, it's just like you never get around to some of these, you know. Uh, but I am so thankful, you know, for God's word. and. The, a sad thing is that most Christians have never been discipled. Yes. And that's why most Christians aren't spending time in the word. Mm -hmm. And so they may go to church together and be friends together, but it's kind of the partially blind leading the partially blind when Christians haven't gone through all of the scriptures together. And so um, we define discipleship and master life together as a personal love relationship with Jesus Christ experienced in a lifelong journey of obedience. So there's a, a lot in there, you know, but uh, we want to love Jesus and we love his word. But Jesus said, and uh, I think it's John 5, 39, you diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. But these are the scriptures that testify about me. Mm -hmm. So all of God's word, Old Testament, New Testament, it's to point us to Jesus. And we just know that yes. uh, anything that he and the Holy Spirit would speak to us today is going to be aligned with what he's already revealed in the Bible. Yes. Yes, it is. I love that. And I just think... Um... We don't treasure it like we can. Be okay, so to me, it's like we have so much access to it right now. Most people have multiple Bibles in their house. Most people, they've got it on their phone. I can listen to it. I can read it anytime. And so many people just listen to one verse rather than seeing it in context and they don't realize the treasure that it is. Um, 
that it's so sweet and that it guides your life. And then, and once you start reading it, and once you, like you said, once you read through the whole Bible, it's like, wow. And once people read through a book in the Bible, they're just, they're blown away by it because you don't want to only get people's kind of leftovers is how I describe it. Because whenever, I mean, it's great whenever you can go and people tell you about what they learn. I strongly encourage it. I love hearing from others, but there's something about actually digging into God's word yourself. And realizing how precious it is and realizing that you get to learn even more about the God of the universe that created you and that loves you so much and that made sure that this word is preserved so that you could have it today. I mean, he didn't have to give us all of this and he did. I mean, these are his words. And if I love him and I want to know him because it's just like whenever I love my husband, I want to know as much as I can about him. And I want to have that relationship with him. I want to talk to him. Same thing here. I want to know as much as I can about God. I mean, who would love me so much that he would send his only son to die for my sins. When I was a sinner, when I was not lovable, yet he loved me. And I want to know as much as I can about him because I love him and he loves me. And being able to actually see that and study God's word. And I think people are just sometimes overwhelmed, honestly, with how to do it because it's such a big book. Um, And just so just being able to, to break it down and show people how to I mean, just get started, honestly, and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. But um, I've taught some classes just on how to start reading the Bible, you know, just just to just do it. And then and if you don't know how, reach out to people around you that have been in God's word. I mean, I can guarantee you that anybody that loves Jesus, whenever you ask them, can do you mind teaching me how to how you do this? They're going to say yes. I told the kids here, I've had several of them ask me how they can read the Bible and understand it. I'm like, I will stay up all night with you if it takes it so that we can get this. We're going to, I want y'all to know how to do this. I want you to be able to experience this treasure. So, yeah. And you brought up the phone. I have a couple of thoughts on that. One, you know, there are some great Bible apps that allow us to, and, you know, just through different websites to see so much of God's word into the depths of the original language different translations, Mm -hmm. audio versions. Like one thing that I was teaching some uh, students at our church uh, about being in God's word. And I know there's a lot of teenagers today that they can read. They just don't prefer to read. They'd rather watch the movie about the book than read the book. And so I uh, came across this at Christmas time. The New Living Translation has um, Streetlights version um, that has some kind of hip hop music in the background going to it. And the way that it's just read, I think is really relevant to teenagers. And they were all like, all right, let me download the version Bible app and let me find out how to do that. And they're like, man, this is really cool. I didn't know the Bible could sound cool. Um, and so that's been neat. But I also think if we're not careful, we depend on a phone too much as a crutch. Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's not about hiding his word in our pocket on the phone. Like Mm -hmm. we've got to ultimately get it in our hearts. I agree 100% to put it in there and to memorize it. And um, with the audio books, the one thing that I found differently, because I have, I've I've read through the Bible a lot. um, And I spent a year where I spent in four to five hours a day studying it just because of the devotions I was writing at the time. And whenever I listened to it for the first time all the way through, it it did, it struck me slightly different. It was a fun thing for me to do because it was, um, I just heard things whenever I was listening to it that stuck out differently than whenever I'd been reading it. It was just like a different input that it had had. And um, 
personally for being a mom, whenever I'm nursing a baby or something, I really like the fact that I can hold it in my hand and still be able to have my quiet time, regardless of what's going on with my little ones. So that's a, <laughs> that's a blessing too, because before we had it on our phones, whenever I'd have a little one, I'd be pulling at the pages and stuff. And, you know, so, yeah. And then a next question for you guys is why is being a disciple of Christ important as we disciple our kids? Because I think it's incredibly important that we ourselves are disciples if we want to disciple our kids. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, I think, you know, discipleship is something that's caught rather than taught. Um, so you're, you're really, you're really hoping that your kids will, will see your vibrant relationship with Jesus. Um, so if you don't have that, then how can you possibly pass that on to your kids? And so really, um, you know, just that, that we are disciplined in spending time with God, that we're disciplined in serving, that we're disciplined in, you know, really giving him our whole being. We're disciplined in community and in church and, you know, those things, um, you know, that's what our kids will, will learn is what they see in us, um, much more than what we tell them. Um, at the same time, we, um, we really, tried to write this curriculum in a way that parents could use it with their kids as well. So, um, you know, I had mentioned that we have um, a 12-year-old, 14-year-old, and 15-year-old, and um, we have been taking them through this curriculum and just um, going through the content with them. Um, you know, they're journaling out their conversation with God, and then the content of each day is, is kind of based around that passage. And so, um, answering the questions, kind of all sitting together, doing that together has been um, a really sweet, sweet way for us to be able to disciple our kids. We, we wrote this with them in mind of, you know, what do we, what would we want to pass on? What are the key parts of the faith? You know, what, what does it look like to really follow Jesus? How can we incorporate this into uh, material that we can pass on? to the next generation. So, and, and we do pray that there might be like a children's version and a student version at some point. Um, we've been praying for that and we'll just keep waiting on the Lord, um, to maybe, to maybe do that. Mm -hmm. So, and there is a student version of the original master life material that's still out there, you know, with Lifeway as just something for, for content. Again, trying to like adjust to the the medium and the format as well of where kids are at these days with technology. Um, our kids love videos as do we and trying to use some videos as well. Um, we've really loved the chosen TV show um, and our kids have really liked that to just say like, Hey, here's some scripture, some creative license of um, just look at the scripture in a fresh way. Um, but we also spend time going to the I Am Second website where different celebrities or well-known people share their five to 10 minute testimony of how God's worked in their life through all every imaginable thing in life uh, for them to get to hear the story. Because I've heard it said from research that one of the best ways that um, you could predict how well a child is going to do following Christ in adulthood is as a teenager, did they have another solid Christian adult who was ministering to them in addition to the parents? 
you know, so I think we have those in our church, but I, what I'm saying is like the testimonies that they're even hearing online. You I'm still giving that. them that. Yeah. Yeah. You listen to one story every Saturday and all of a sudden in one year, they've heard 50 different adult testimonies mm-hmm. going through every deep valley you can imagine. And why that matters. Yeah. Yeah, I have my kids read a lot of missionary biographies because I want them. I don't know, just think thinking through the sacrifices that they made and the reason that they were willing to are examples that they can follow as well. And as far as going through it with our kids, I agree with my children. Um, I try to start them. It depends on the child. So it's been different, but as early as second grade and as late as sixth grade, they actually do a Bible study with me and we do it as a family. So they do the adult version and just do what they can with it. But I like that because then I'm able to talk to them about it and they're able to see me doing the same thing as them. And then for my older kids, we actually read the same passage of scripture each day. I I try and... I try and do compartmentalize. So I do several discipleship groups plus my kids. So everyone <laughs> does the same passage. So it's one time for me and then I can send it out to different groups. But um, I like to hear that because then I can see what God is. And we text it to each other, actually. So it's like we text journal that portion of our time with God. And I love to be able to check up and see how God's working in their hearts that way. And it helps me because it doesn't matter how old they are. God's speaking to them. And they'll yeah. see things sometimes that I don't see. So it's just God's word is living and active, right? Sharper than any two-edged sword. And I love being able to see the different things that people do. Um, I was up at middle school camp. We had someone that was sick. So I was up most of the night last night. And one of the ladies from my discipleship group had texted me first thing this morning. And as soon as I picked up my phone, I was going to turn the flashlight on to go see. And um, it's the verse that she sent me from the passage we were in and then talked about was um, do not grow weary and be doing good. And I was like, how amazing is God that that's where everybody is. And that that's the verse that she sent to me, like literally as soon as I woke up and it popped up on my phone. So it's neat to see how God's word is living and active and makes a difference in our lives. Um, And so favorite Bible verse, do y'all have a favorite Bible verse? Um, well, my favorite Bible chapter is Psalm 139, which you had mentioned earlier. I love that. I I memorized that when I was little and I still have it memorized and it's just, um, yeah, it's just precious that, that, that God, um, sees me, he knows me, he's with me. Um, you know, I can't stray too far from him, no matter how high up I go or how low I go, he is there with me. Um, so yes, the whole, the whole chapter is, is my favorite part of the Bible. So, Mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine, Nathan Shank is a missionary in Asia. He asked me one time, he said, what's your life verse? I was like, well, there's been a lot of different verses God's used in real specific circumstances in my life. I don't know that I've got one for my entire life. And so I was really praying and thinking through that. And I ended up landing on Mark 8.35. Jesus said, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. I love that. And that's how we need to live our lives. That's, that's awesome. Okay, so Master Life Together. Where can we get it? Yeah, there's several different places. The two main places I would point people to would be 
bikeway.com slash master life. Okay. So that's directly from the publisher and they've got some extra resources on there that you can see. Uh, Amazon is also another place that people could go to and find Master Life together. I would also encourage people to follow us on social media. So on Facebook and Instagram, you can type in Master Life together and track with um, us there or send us a message. And one thought that I've got too is for any of your listeners who maybe English isn't their first language and maybe they go through this in English and they think, oh, I wish this was in Swahili. I wish this was in French or whatever that language may be. Uh, send us a message there uh, through Facebook or Instagram or even email us at 82willis at gmail.com and let us know. And uh, a cool thing is that Lifeway has agreed to basically give away the manuscript for translation for free. Um, and we'd love to see this translated into a lot of other languages, make that available too. I love that because having, um, being able to speak in your heart language, we've got some people here that speak other languages and I love hearing them pray in their heart language. And there's something about being able to read it in your own language. One of my, um, and one of my best friends, she does not speak English as her first language and being able to, you can just comprehend it better. Whenever it's in your own language, it makes it easier. It's one of one of those hurdles. Well, thank you so much for coming on and speaking with us. I really, really appreciate it. I hope y'all go and check out Master Life together. Sounds like a wonderful way to disciple together, which is where my heart is. So I really appreciate the work that y'all have done and for coming on and talking to me. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much, Renee.